Yeah, uh, we're live now. Yeah, I was, uh, I've been busy. This, the past four days, this maybe being the fifth, uh, has been the most productive days of my life. Bar maybe some instances of extreme work back in my college days where I'd work, you know, like 30 hours straight or some insane amount of time. But I have, in the past two days, set up a personal bank account down here in Vegas so that I can get residency rate golf rates because uh, you got to prove you're a resident. And um, you can go ahead and get a Nevada ID, not a license, but an ID if you're a part-timer, but the documentation of which is very onerous. So I said, to hell with that, I'll just get a bank account and then I'll have like a statement so I could show. And now I, I save lots of money on golf. And then I set up an LLC uh, <clears throat> in Nevada because they also have anonymous. Uh, you could set up an anonymous LLC. Set up a bank account related to that one so that I can register with Amazon under an alias so no one can trace me. And also get under that LLC, which is anonymous, a PayPal account. So it is completely removed for me so that I might start writing books under the alias, which I have. And I'm about ah, okay. And I'm a, yeah, all of this, all of it. And it starts with a, with a new email. So I had to pick an alias, pen name I'm going to write under. So I did all of this in the past four or five days. And uh, I don't want to hear anybody complain about how hard it is to start a business. I mean, it's hard, but like, oh, I'm tired or I'm too busy. I just don't want to hear it because the book is, it's going to be, um, I was writing about 20 pages polished and edited per day. So it's going to be just shy of a hundred pages and written in five days, uh, published <laughs> under an alias. And um, yeah, it and was, this is uh, your lying idea, right? This is my line. This is operation evil, as I like to call it, <laughs> because evil. instead of, instead of telling people the truth, I'm going to tell them lies. Mm. And, um, do you have a yeah, chapter so on Kavanaugh? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not even telling anybody what this book is about. Only people who are editing my book know what it is. And and truth be told, it's something completely um, different from what I've written before. But it is going to be very controversial. I uh, pulls tangentially a, a couple points to be made from uh, um, what do we want to call her? Blazy Ford, the... There's, oh. there's no there's no word that comes up with just what an evil, vile, cowardly woman she is. Um, well, she's either evil or she was evil before she can uh, did her hypnotherapy on herself to convince I, herself and implant memories. <laughs> I um and I, I did watch a little. I didn't watch any of the hearings, but just watching it, and I'm just like, how far insane has the country gone that this woman has? any credibility like where does common you it should have been what 36 years ago oh and now just right when he's about to be nominated as a supreme court justice here's a cup of go fuck yourself right. uh, i mean we shouldn't have even been talking about it that's that's no, the whole i have. mean it should have been like what like just like you just said what 36 years ago no corroboration um yeah. bye <laughs> yeah no it, and that and that's <clears throat> it's it's not the real story there is not uh, 
attention whoring whore makes outlandish accusation, laughably 36 year old, 36 years old, high school yearbook entries investigated. Um, it, it should be the re- main story is Americans fall for right, right. Yep. stupid da, 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 yep. and protest. And now is so stupid. Uh, we are just to believe anyone as long as they have a vagina. I, that's that's the real story. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't the newspapers would be really thin? It would just be headline: America's gone insane. And yeah, <laughs> you know, story continues on page seventeen A or whatever. <laughs> America is still insane. It's still fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> never been easier to be a journalist. TJ could write like forty articles in one day, and and it would be covering everything he needs to. People bad shit and saying now believe woman because vagina, because reasons, because socialism, and that's it. That would be, that would be the answer. <laughs> if, 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 if only that was what I covered for my job. <laughs> what do you cover for your job? I, I know what. What are like? Where can people find your articles? Not to propagate you or anything like that, but I, I know you've yeah. written. I, what are you doing? Local stuff or what? What do you? I, I do. I do industry and business. I, I do hard news. There's, God, I'm trying to just be brief. We don't need a, a repeat of last week. Right, that's a. <laughs> we wanted a number between one and a hundred, and, and it took there's, you eight days to come up it's with like. One. Well, just there's so much. The, the journalism world is very diverse, and what most people think of is really the fluff. Right. They don't see the actual real journalism because it's 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 boring stuff. It's stuff I wouldn't say boring. It's just they're not interested in that. They're interested in following the, the almost tabloid type journalism. And so when they say, "Oh, the journalism quality's gone downhill," well, for that, yeah, but that was always. I mean, even in the days of you had yellow journalism back in the 1900s. Um, so. Uh, I'm not in that that field, that part of journalism. It's almost like saying you're an author and then lumping in the the woman who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey with uh, you know Tom Wolfe or something like that. I I get a kick out of how Yahoo News dares calls itself Yahoo News. <laughs> Who's got what's going on, TJ? You got a fire? Where's this cracking in the background? I hear that. Oh, that's my fireplace. Oh, that's oh. your fireplace. All right, you got that thing working. Oh yeah, yeah. Things of oh, beauty. Okay. I can. I. I'll, I'll mute one second. Um. Hey, hey, Cap. There's a super chat already. Nick. Already. Schumanner. Yeah, five bucks. He says thanks for kicking my ass the other week, Cappy. I really Good. needed it. Love Good. this what podcast. Did I, what did I do? Oh Nick? wait, that was Chris. No, it's uh, Nick Shulaner. That's that's the uh, account. The other week, it might have been. Did you kick somebody's ass? Um, when you were uh, podcasting solo Maybe. on the older brother? Maybe it was an asshole consulting client. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, the past five <laughs> days has been a blur. I I really um, – I can understand. I remember now what it's like to write books and why I don't do this frequently. <laughs> but – I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we helped out. Nick, thanks for the thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it. Um but shit, where was I gonna go? I had I had something to talk about. I had You were uh, starting down the fireplace path again. <laughs> no, we're not talking about wood and fireplace. I am glad. I am glad though that TJ has an operational fireplace. Is it that cold you need to have a fire? Um, it's getting down there. I I, I just like having I, <clears throat> 
I had this thing not really, it was there, but I wasn't using it for six months. And so now I've just wanted to have it. It's kind of a personal thing about this time of year. So, well, you must have really dry wood. I can hear a crackling in the background. That's awesome, man. That's a, that's a nice roaring fire. Yeah. I don't know if people want to listen to us chat about firewood and, and no no this, I, so. I just i just need to talk about something <laughs> other than what i've been writing and operation evil and and uh you know it's it's like a, i got back from war i'm like hey guys what's up <laughs> let's talk about toilet paper all right well did you have some stories you wanted to talk about cap because yeah uh, we got plenty of stories no yeah. i just need to decompress and i don't even need yeah. to go right back to podcasting because i i literally came back from the bank and I'm rushing back, and, and I had this goal to write this book before the GF gets out here to Vegas, right? And so I've been busting my ass off, writing, busting my ass off. And it really – I don't know if you guys read the article I wrote called uh, – it wasn't The Speed of Clary, but it, that was in yeah. there. But it, it's like how I hate slow people, and I referenced The Speed of Clary. My God, if I want to go full throttle – and get my shit done, the rest of the world will, even if it's something completely within my control, the rest of the world does not go my speed. Cause I got to still do asshole consulting. I had to do the podcast here. Didn't do a Clary podcast. And so I'm sitting there. I had two hours to get back, you know, go down to the bank, set up this bank account, come back. Two hours should be great. I get there and God bless him. He's a nice banker, but man, that guy likes to talk. And I'm just like, yeah, uh huh. Oh, that's about your kids. Huh? All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looking at my watch. I'm like, all right. All right. Yeah. You know, I really got to kick. Oh, yeah. We'll get this done. We'll get it. And then just the stress. And then I get here. I'm like, fuck. DJ, what's up? <laughs> fuck you. It's like the, anyway. prolifer- the proliferation of small talk. We can it's the proliferation of small talk. We can't just say be direct anymore because that's considered too threatening or violent. So we've got to layer every conversation we have with people with just additional stuff. Pleasantries. That we, yeah. Pleasantries that we don't need. Whereas, um, uh, you know, you, you just want to say, look, we're just here to, I, I just need to get this out of you. Like you're at the bank or you're at the store or whatever. And they want to sit there and, you know, they act like you're in their living room having dinner with them or something. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 I, I need to go. Be like, <laughs> we are not having this conversation. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting in the line because, you know, you got to fund your account. So I have to cut a check for my personal check to fund the account. And I'm just sitting there looking because yesterday was a bank holiday. All the procrastinators and people who didn't get their shit done Friday <laughs> are all lined up like the fucking cattle that they are. And I'm looking and they're chatting and this and that and that and this. I'm like, you know, we need a freaking war. We need to go back to <laughs> rationing a global war where you're like, oh, shit, these seconds count because we've gotten so damn lazy. We've gotten so damn soft. We just borrow money. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, we, we need a great depression, a crippling, starving, where people are literally like tightening their belts means like, you know, where, where poor kids aren't fat anymore. You know, it, it, that would be, I'd, I'd like to get back to that, but where poor starving kids actually look like an emaciated child. That's what we need again, because then people start taking time a little bit more seriously. And they're like, oh yeah, because the hustlers, it's, everyone slows us down. The hustlers, they all slow us hustlers down. Because we've got to use the same infrastructure everybody else does. 
See, see, Clary, though, that's just the cost of, of you doing business now because you, <laughs> you want the world to stay afloat, right? you just like, oh, if it just hangs on a little longer, I can stay comfortable, right? That's just the cost <laughs> of doing business now. I mean, we are comfortable, and that makes people lazy, and they're just not, you know, that, 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 got to go, got to go, got to go. Don't need to nowadays. Your meal doesn't depend on it. Your energy doesn't depend on it. Your job doesn't depend on it. Nothing depends on it. So <laughs> you just got to count your blessings, my man. <laughs> it's a I cost do. of doing business. I, but see, I don't care if the world, I really don't. I'm trying to profit off of it. And then with Operation Evil, I'm trying to advance it on my own microscopic scale, but making a ton of money uh, uh, in the process. Uh, but no, the, the price, if you want to be successful in this world, if you want to have any bit of hustle, the tax, the real tax you pay is just slogging through the masses of slow and stupid people who have no desire, none whatsoever, to capitalize and live in a carpe diem. If you want to live carpe diem, the, the tax you pay is that for everyone who wants to be carpe diem, 99 other people are there with their thumb up their ass, Twilling on their freaking twats. And oh, let's do it. Oh my god, you know, at grocery stores to talk. Oh, you got any plans this weekend? Yeah, maybe pay for my fucking groceries and go eat them if they don't spoil by the time <laughs> you're done fucking talking about coupons. I look at it, it's interesting you're saying that because I've I'm starting to observe that more and more as well, this lack of drive, but it's not so much with people at the grocery store or at the bank or whatever. It's more of people that you're trying to get on board with something that you want to do whether it's a group activity or part of, you know, not, not applicable in my case, but just if you're part of a business or you're employed somewhere and you have a great idea and you want to do something and everybody kind of has this indecisiveness about them that results in nothing getting done. And instead of it, somebody proposes an idea and you, the, just the general concept is sounds, so you're like, yes, let's do this. We'll figure out the details as we go along, but let's just do, let, let's, explore this instead they come up with all the different things that may go wrong they come they just what they do is create uncertainty oh i hate those indecisive people. yeah and i'm i i notice that i i i don't know if we want to do another boomer rant but <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing i don't know like i'm curious what other people think about this because i almost wonder if that's a generational thing because i don't really see that with others no, I, I, they've got different problems I, what I think it is, is I think everybody basically is so comfortable now that they are reliving senior year of high school, the coast year where you just coast. The reason why they bring up all these things is because they don't want to do the work, right? It's like, oh, there's too much risk. It's, it is that way in business and everywhere. It's like people well, this isn't even just don't want to do anything. They, they're well, just coasting. Right. And I'm just wondering, like, why, it, it, you know, and I'm speaking as a man, when when you have an idea and you have the enthusiasm and have somebody basically deconstruct that enthusiasm or, or put the brakes in front of it is kind of a, it's, it'll kill an organization like indecisiveness or whatever. And I don't care if you're talking about a, a business or you're talking about a social club or you're talking about just a group of friends or whatever. Imagine you were with a group of friends and you propose doing something and uh, the others are just coming up with all these different reasons why that might go wrong. Yeah. And you're just thinking, let's just go do this. Let's just go. We'll figure it out then. Let's stop, you know, whatever it is. You propose a hike or you want to go, uh, go to this, uh, go out and play pool. And then they spend 20 minutes talking about the different bars that you could go to and why you should go to this one. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that, not that one. Let's go to this one. And then you end up not doing anything. 
I'll I'll give you the perfect example <clears throat> where this DT? happens. And, DT's, DT's uh, the perfect example. <laughs> well, no, I'm going to give you guys the perfect example. Um, and no, DT, you're, you, this is this has because you you you're bought and sold. You got a wife, you got kids. Yeah. You're happy. You uh, when I try to set friends up because I have quite a wide array of friends. We're all generally on the same page when it comes to politics, and I do know a fair amount of women, many of who are pretty and attractive. And I'm like, oh, you would love to meet so-and-so or so-and-so would love to meet such and such. And uh, some good friends of mine say, hey, do you know, I'm like, yeah, I actually do. And so whereas in the olden days, it was always women that would find a reason to say no. And I guarantee, and it is still to this day, this is one of the main reasons we could talk about differences and um, degrees and how many hours you put into the work office. But another reason that men are more successful than women is that we always find a way to say yes Women will always find a, say, a way to say no. Men are less risk averse. Women are more risk averse. Uh, and it's not worse or bad. It's just what it is. But right. now more recently, and it, and it angers me um, because it's, it's people who are on my side who say, no, I don't want to have production. No, I don't want to capitalize on my life is when I'll say, hey, I know a guy <clears throat> in this place that you should meet. And I know a girl in that place you should meet. I say, well, let's have you two meet. And I always get the excuses why they can't. You know the number one excuse why they can't meet? They're too busy working or something. Nope. Travel distance problems. Travel distance. Well, he lives there. <laughs> and I live here. I'm sitting there thinking, like, with today's technology and how cheap flight is and how much money you're going to piss away and time, by the way, trying to find a high quality. Let's, let's just admit it. The number one thing of value in this world right now is a traditional quality non-fat woman. Can we agree on that? I second I'd, the motion. I'd, I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. All Maybe one thing that has more value. I don't know. But you show me a young, attractive, not fat, not ranked communist, leftist piece of shit woman who wants to be a traditional supporter husband. Maybe not stay at home. Maybe she's in jail. Fine. But she just wants to love a man. She's not fat and she's not a leftist. That is one of the rarest qualities. And men have spent trillions of dollars in our lifetimes alone going to nightclubs, going out, working out, all this effort, resource, and energy men put into finding girls. And then when I say, hey, you might have to shed uh, $300 and a weekend of your time and maybe get a $100 car rental to go meet this girl. Oh, no, she lives over in Seattle. Oh, he lives over in Pennsylvania. I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Go to your nightclubs for the next six months. Piss away at yeah, least happy, five happy. grand. And then, and then tell me how what's more profitable. I, I don't know if the, the men going to the nightclubs are looking for a traditional wife. If, if they are, that's a different consulting problem than the tra the, their <laughs> to travel. That's yeah. where they need to sit down and say, okay, here's the stereotypical girl at a nightclub. And I, I I know that there's going to be some people who will say, well, you know, there's there's not a lot of difference between the girls that say a bookstore or a coffee club or whatever. It's, it's like, okay, you, you go to a venue where the personality type is you know, the type you're looking for. But girls are not – this is the more important part. Girls do not go to nightclubs to meet their future husband. <laughs> so if you're there trying to find like, – somebody correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, – so if you're there trying to find a traditional, <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem is um, it's a question of what, it, what are you trying to look for and what do you really want? 
this is this is not young kids we're talking people my age people you guys know friends of ours who are single and tj you came down that one time to meet that one girl right you put in the effort right yeah yeah you did all right so so kudos to you i tip my hat but i got people who make damn fine money and could just hop a skip out a flight away and i get all the reasons things don't work and i'm kind of like god Damn I think people are just, I think there's a lot of social skill problems. I think people, and I'm not going to, bl- I'm not saying that this is necessarily people's fault or, or due to them, but technology has changed a lot of the ways that we do things. And there's been no, the people who are supposed to say, okay, here's the rules. Here's how you behave. It, like people, I think, I don't know. I, I think that people are very dysfunctional nowadays when it comes to dating and as much as we can bl- we want to blame people and i especially enjoy making fun of my uh people in my generation about some of this stuff i think a part of it is just the total chaos and anarchy um that's resulted from this where people don't know they they just they have no idea how they're how what they say is going to be interpreted by the other person they don't know how to read the other person it's it's funny because i was talking to a, an older gent who works with um people in like their 20s or whatever I think it's like counseling or just helping out. And he says, I can't read these people, these young people. They, I, they don't, their facial expressions do not convey what they're actually thinking. Mm. So That's because all the women have permanent resting bitch face. I <laughs> <laughs> got the PBR, the plaques blue ribbon face. You know, I think you should do cap though. When you're trying to set people up, you should have like uh what's behind curtain number two. So curtain number one is the chick. That's why you're going down there. You're going down there to meet the chick. But you've yeah. traveled to all these places too. And so you should say, and there's this great hike you can do here if things don't work out. You know, just have a little consolation yeah, prize so that if they're <laughs> making the trip, that there's at least, well, at least Cappy has recommended going and hiking this uh, cliff or whatever or or going to this cigar bar, or all the things that you that that you've discovered in your travels over the years, you could combine the two. You could have a dating and hiking service, or something like. Well, that. that's what social events used to be about. It was a way for the the explicit thing was we're getting together to do a high school dance or a college dance. But the implicit thing was it's an opportunity for men and women to meet each other without any expectations. You know, you meet and say hi, but you don't have to like call them the next day or uh, or anything else. And we've completely uh, demolished those. It, the reason, DT, you are right. It could be like the price is right. You didn't win the car, but here's the consolation prize. Right. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, it, it gets back to the psychology of which I think it was Freud of all people who I think was a whack job. But uh, people will not appreciate anything unless they pay. And so this is why I definitely, mm-hmm. once I'm done going through this mad dash, creating a whole new, like basically publishing company, uh, I am going to get that dating site up and running and I'm going to charge people. Cause then, then it'd be like, oh yeah. In addition to the $300 for the flight <laughs> and the $200 for the car and the hundred dollars for the hotel, I'm going to charge you another $500 for the show. Oh, that sounds like a good deal. Okay. I'll go <laughs> Well, no, it's it's true. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a, a great idea because when people because the and I think another part of it just occurred to me is people are always thinking, well, what's the catch? There's no catch. No, well, this is, I, this I'm, is, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that that's it. that's going to be their <laughs> These are friends of ours. We know these are good people. These are smart, logical men. 
It's not they're thinking what's a catch. They know they trust it. There's right. this this unknown reason. I, I mean, I got to put a gun to these people's head and say, <laughs> go chase that hot girl over there. And now I'm starting to be more Zen, more Buddha, more Judo. And I'm just going to say, no, uh, Sensei, Sun Tzu say, Confucius say, no push, Aaron friend. Go to Seattle, meet hot girl. No, Confucius just say, charge him. Char no, do, do exactly what you just said. Charge him and charge him a lot and say, for this amount of money, I will refer you to this girl. I know. Oh, I got, I got it, pay. guys. I got, yeah. a, I got a, a, a slew. That's kind of a, a poor word. That sounds pejorative, like a slew of women. It sounds like, no, we have a menu, an exotic, prestigious menu of women <laughs> that all these guys are going to bid their fucking life savings over and they're going to give it to me. I'll let them meet these girls. And, um, and then the other, I did figure out pricing. It's going to be $500 for a date. Um, and then I don't care how many dates you go after that. That it's up to you guys. But then if you get married, I'm going to trust people on the honor system. They owe me four thousand dollars if they get married, and I gotta get flown out to the wedding, and they gotta pay for my lodging. <laughs> hey, if you're good at doing something, never do it for free. Right. Right. I just can't wait can to see the see the E Harmony commercial, the C Harmony, the Cappy Harmony the e commercial <laughs> with the with the goofy music in the background. <laughs> Happy comes up. Oh, having trouble? <laughs> well, however, that guy does it, where he's like popping up from behind a bush when people are on boots or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's got the glasses. Oh, we got things with 47 different components of personality. Exactly. Why are you looking for guys here? <laughs> trying to see C harmony. Keep, trying to see you keep a straight face in that commercial would be. Priceless. Oh, God, no. No, it would be everything deep. <laughs> It'd be everything DT says. Like it'll be the do 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 do. And I come up. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck? I just gave it a fucking thing. Give me your fucking money. Get on the fucking plane. I'm taking a guy's ass up a plane. Like get on that fucking plane. Go meet that bitch and set you up with. Hey, are you having trouble meeting girls? <laughs> come, to, come to what is it? Sea harmony. Sea harmony. Sea harmony. <laughs> I'll get you a girl. Da da da. And don't what forget the fuck are you doing here, you Mr. Flight. Jesus fucking Christ. No, you're not getting your money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just say no, no refunds. Yeah, Zen, yeah. don't forget your hiking boots. Ding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <in> your eye. <laughs> I imagine DT, you gotta be pretty happy you didn't have to deal with any of this dating shit. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I, at the time I didn't think I, I wasn't happy. But uh, looking back with how crazy things are, it's like, yeah, maybe I, maybe I lucked out. Maybe I dodged one there, like Neo. Yeah, it it the, the older I get, the, now maybe it's just because I'm getting more removed from time. But all my conquests and all the girls I slayed and all that, it's sadly becoming less and less valuable. I won't I won't deny. I won't say it's beneath me, but uh, my notch count for the number of years I was dating was actually quite high. I'm kind of still proud of that because that's. That's kind of like an accomplishment. You're gen you're genetically programmed to bang as many women as possible, and then it's also a skill. Like you gotta be charming. You gotta woo. I mean, it's kind of a testament to, or a judgment as to like how how good of a man and I'm good morally, but how manly did you become? Uh, is kind of like the number of girls that you that you slayed. But after a while, you're like, fuck this shit. That was such a pain in the ass. It was too much drama, too much cost, too much taxation on your ment uh, mentality. Yeah. Um, that it's, it's like, God, you know, you kind of look at like, you almost have like a, a, 
not a post-apocalyptic. What's the word I'm looking for? Post something. Uh, like post-traumatic stress. PTSD. <laughs> yeah, you almost get out of it. Like, what the, you don't realize P- you're the thing. PTSDs. PTSDs. What? No, it's like you get medals for you know bravery. You dated a redhead or something like that. You survived the redhead campaign of, of 97. Of course, of course uh, uh, a young man now in his late teens and early 20s just cold approaching a girl and asking her out, whatever. That kid in this environment deserves some sort of recognition of some kind, depending well, guys- on the environment. I mean, and also depending on how, how friendly the girl is. I mean, if she's all smiles and, and giggles and uh, just basically in all but saying please ask me out that's one thing but if you know she's being a little standoffish and he just completely blows through it then you know well, but here's are, the, are here's guys, the fucking you're, you're crazy thing i gotta huh? i gotta tell you this like, have you guys been watching that show uh jack ryan at all no I I, this relates i'm not coming out from from nowhere here so i'm watching the show jack ryan and they made a huge deal you just talked about a, a young man today who cold approaches and asks the girl out you know, to her face. That's a huge accomplishment now. On this fucking show, Jack Ryan, which is about like, you know, the Uber, you know, military mind guy that's also got it kind of figured out physically. And, you know, Jack Ryan. Yeah. Um, Tom Clancy. He Michael they made Kingswood. A, yeah, they made a big deal on the show about him texting a girl out. It's like, what? <laughs> like he was a manly man because he figured out a way how to text a girl out. And Wait, it's like, I, man, I the standards it. have just dropped for what it is to be like a manly man now. Like you're wait, saying. Wait, wait. Hold it. Explain this again. He just texted a girl asking her out? Yeah, and that was like a big deal. It was like what? on the show, it was a big deal that he that he figured out how to um, get this girl interested through a text. So it's totally, I mean, that's what guys are de- that's what guys are doing now. They're Sean I, I, Connery. Would be rolling in his grave if he yeah. wasn't still alive. Even even uh, Harrison Ford, the original Jack Ryan, would be like, "What? <laughs> Texting a girl? This was the big deal." Alec, Alec Baldwin was the first. Oh, that's right, that's right, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. What do TJ? I mean, do boys even ask girls out anymore? I mean, you're you're closest to it than we are. Is it happening anymore? Like in, in um, person? Yeah, but it's all. I would say. Um. No, I don't. I don't think dating is really going on. What I think it is 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 that they, I, at some point, there's a relationship, but it's after it, it, everything's undefined and very ambiguous. And I think that there's a lot of confusion um, about what the rules are. About what I, that's just my observation. I haven't really. I, I'm not. I haven't done a sociological study on these kids, but I just listen to some of their conversations when I'm either in the weight room or I'm in town or whatever. But I don't think that they go out on any kind of formal dates anymore. I just think that that's completely dead. God, I remember that. That was a. It was they, ask them, ex- they ask them to go watch a movie. That's what they do. They say, "You want to watch a movie at my place, or do you want to go get a drink?" Depending on the age, if they're well, that, that's <laughs> their Netflix and chill. Yeah, the Netflix yeah. and chill. Yeah, yeah, Netflix. No, that seriously is probably how most yeah. most of them it, it hang out. You, you want to hang out? That's the right. new. God, that's the new I day. remember there was a ton of planning, <laughs> a ton of planning. Like that was the thing is you had to plan and choose carefully. You know, you had to, you had to strategize. A lot went into 
planning a date like, okay, I'm going to take her here and this will be the kind of relaxing place. And then depending on, we'll have the main event here, but I don't know. Okay. And we'll try. And then if it's really good, I'm going to take her to this bar, but she's by my place. And, you know, you'd kind of have it lined up a little bit and it, oh, if it, if it bails then I'll, I'll go here, I'll drop her off or something like that. Now it's just, Hey, you want to come over and watch movies. Well, there's a guy. There's a guy in the chat who's saying that they still ask out girls, and if they don't have the number, they just Facebook um, or then text. Um, yeah, like I, that. Like I said, I don't know for sure, but that's just been my observation. I think that um, it really depends on the age, and it depends on what area, because there's some areas that are really the the ground zero for cultural and social changes, and then it creeps over into other areas. So some areas take a long time to really incorporate what's going on so i don't know it's I, I, it kind of just shows how i like i feel old sometimes when i hear some of these kids talking about snapchat and whatever mm -hmm. or, or talk i don't know but do do the younger kids even use facebook anymore that's what i'm curious about i thought they were mm -hmm. all on snapchat i don't know i i it's again it, it, there's a there's a night and day difference between a 14 year old a 24 year old and a 34 year old right in terms of yeah. what their dating tactics are i and i i'd like to provide some advice but i i think now it's just everything's going to be on the internet now which which is actually kind of good because you could screen people out and develop an internet relationship and then it's a little bit safer for you to go out in person but <laughs> yeah i guess those those days where you had to walk right up to the girl in you know in uh in whatever freshman comp class and say hey i'm gonna right. go get uh you know this and that on this do you want to come with and she say no and you're like shit no i can't <laughs> sit in the same spot in freshman comp class because that's where i was my home now I, for the next nine nine weeks i gotta sit somewhere else i just i gotta think it's easier to do it via text i mean look at how easy it is for people to go completely fucking insane and raged and just you know threatening people's lives and oh you just you know you hit you hit that okay button or you hit that send button or you hit that you know i mean it's so easy and then it's gone and and however the response comes back you just deal with it it's they're not looking at you you're not having to stammer over your words you're not having to have any kind of human interaction really at all it's just words on a screen mm -hmm. and however it comes back is oh well i guess it didn't work or great she's coming over it's, I, I, it's gotta be easy it's a video game yeah yeah so, so we Cappy, we've got a super chat um okay um it's from darius and he says yes we still ask out girls we're not retarded <laughs> <laughs> which is good it's good i i, I and we don't, or at least I don't want to be somebody who's looking down on, on younger kids. Cause I see a lot of them who are actually figuring stuff out, which Plus is you are one. I'll say what? Plus you are one. <laughs> you are younger. Well, yeah. but I, I'm talking about pe people in their, their early twenties or whatever, but, um, Oh, those kids. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Not the old wise sage you are. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I've always identified more with old, with people who are just older in life. In terms of the way that I view things, um, as far as the dating thing online, I, you know what the other problem is is the question of do you feel comfortable communicating with people about that kind of stuff that people you've never met, like the a very unnatural form of communication as opposed to somebody who really relies on all the different ways that you interpret somebody's. Um, what they're saying to you. So like body language, demeanor, tone, and all that, all that kind of gets eliminated unless you're doing Skype or whatever, 
all that gets eliminated. And so it can be hard for certain types of people to read. So online dating can be great for certain types of people with a certain mindset. But for others, I think, especially I'm curious about how it affects introverts. I think that the modern dating environment is the worst is for introverts. If you're extroverted, it's not as much of a problem. I think for introverts, it's I think that's where it's taken the biggest hit. But I'm curious what you guys think. I, I'm just glad I'm done. I'm so glad I'm done. I, I've been I'm just done getting... for a long time. I've been yeah, done for a no, long like... time. That doesn't mean the work's over. It doesn't mean the work's over, but I've been done for a long time. <laughs> you know, the, the, I'll tell you this. I'll, let me sing the praises of the GF uh, <clears throat> because, uh, well, and DT, you know, well, both of you guys know her, I think. Um, TJ, you, you've met the GF, right? Yeah. Okay, never mind. You guys have met her. Um, it. It's not that she's – It's this is how you tell you're an old wise man. It's not that she's hot. It's not that she gives great head. It's not that she's sexy. It's that she's not painful. <laughs> it's, it's that it's quiet and it's pleasant and there's no drama. I think that's like the least amount of problems is what ultimately is what guys are looking for, where it's just like – serenity you know you're not asking for a crazy woman in the sack you're just asking for a gal that carries her own weight and there's a support in the form of silence that's uh, that's what i like puts up with your bullshit right <laughs> it's not even putting up with my what bullshit oh yeah what you know, all, bullshit? The, all the things i do like <laughs> paying off the house and supporting myself and being able to feel this and fixing the car yeah i'm, I'm a whore i always get a kick out of that you know my mom because she doesn't understand my mom you know she really thinks i'm like this difficult guy that only pure angels can tolerate and <laughs> You know, like, you know, you should be appreciative any girl talks to you because you're kind of hard to get along with. It's like, Mom, you, like, yes. And then you just realize, yeah, Mom, thank you. I am I am very difficult to get along with. But she's lucky to have me, I'll tell you that. She's like, <laughs> do you, do you uh, have conversations about people moving too slow? Get out of the way! <laughs> do you no, that's, well, that's, that's the GF, too. Like, uh, but okay. this is every woman. You'll be... Like, for example, DT, does Mrs. DT know where your house is? What? Does Mrs. DT know where your house is? Yes. Right. And uh, the GF also knows where her house is. Uh And you would think driving back home literally thousands of times, the GF would say, hey, we're almost home. Maybe I should gather my things now so that when we park the car, I just grab it, get out, and we go into the house. Now, this doesn't matter if it's a pleasant 79 degrees in summer. What if it's January and minus 20? Then it matters because then old Claremeister has to stand out there and wait. Like, what is taking so long? Why is this taking two minutes? So I have the policy. I just walk in the house. I don't ask. I don't care if it's slippery ice, black ice. I'll walk right in the house. And so there's still the um, there's still the Jesus Christ. Let's go here. Uh, but that's that's more a function of me than it is other people. I that's, that's I my think flaw. I think that's what I meant by bullshit. I think that might have been what I meant. <laughs> it's not bullshit. I'm right. I just, just I am right. You should be gathering your shit, male or female, doesn't matter. So we're not standing out there in the freaking cold. Yes. It's, yes, it's, you're right, Clary. You're right. I am. I am. 
you know, like when you get up, this the, the GF doesn't do this, but millions of other people do. You're standing in line at the restaurant. There's the fucking menu. Put on the fucking wall. They get up. Um, uh, it's like you had five minutes to figure this out. What the fuck are you doing determining now? I'm right. They're wrong. This is not debatable. <laughs> yeah, we need a society for the prevention of indecisiveness. <laughs> Just, Just getting me in charge and we're going to have schools. There won't be re-education <laughs> camps. There'll be hustle camps. It'll uh, involve a lot, of, a lot of sticks and switches and caning. The people come out and they're like 100% faster and more efficient. Clary, the she, waiter, he'd come up to the table and he'd go, well, would you like to drink, miss? And she'd like be like, um, uh, well, didn't you see the fucking menu hanging <laughs> on the fucking wall? <laughs> I'll be back Jesus when you're fucking, ready. <laughs> give me five fucking minutes as you walked in the door. What the fuck have you been doing? You're not supposed to talk. Put the fucking food in your mouth. Do you want dessert? Well, I'm gonna fucking figure it out. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine Cappy as a bartender? Somebody orders a really somebody orders a really expensive drink or really hard drink to make or whatever that takes five minutes to put together. Um, do we have any super chat stuff going on? We go down the there super were, chat. There were a couple that uh, came by in the in the past that I did not say, but uh, Nick uh, Shulanner uh, gave another two bucks and said, Cappy, we don't need a war. We need a Thanos snap, which I think Ooh. you've talked about before. I love that. I love that phrase, the Thanos snap. We need a Thanos, Thanos snap. snap. Yeah, that is a good phrase. Uh, Kevin Rise, or Rees, five bucks, says, uh, always look forward to these podcasts. Thanks for the content. So well, you thanks, You've been getting money for them to compliment you. And this is this is a lot. No, this is a lot of super chats. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I, you know, like last week or two weeks before, it was a couple of bucks. All of a sudden, now this is one of the. If we keep this up, I'll make some damn good money, and then I can. And I don't know what I can do. I can. I can. I don't get groceries. I, I don't yeah, know. but yeah, like like you can spend an extra. Okay. You can spend an extra five minutes at the grocery store talking to the clerk. <laughs> Uh, um, let's do the, we'll do the, uh, maintenance stuff. Yeah. We all got super chats. If you want, you guys don't do that. If you don't want to do super chats, but you want to get something in return for your money, we have the Amazon affiliate program, olderbrother.com slash donate. And you can donate through PayPal or a Patreon. Oh, uh, did I tell you guys this? I was successful in finding a model who's willing to do like a 1950s pinup model and lingerie bikini thing. Uh, if we get Patreon donations. So um, if we get enough of that, then I put up a, a pinup of the girl on the Patreon site. So we got that. Mary Jo Rodriguez, did you guys watch any of the videos that she did for me? No. Nope. No? All right. We got a pretty girl. She's helping out with some of the videos as well. Uh, and solely because she's pretty and she's fun to pick on. She's easy to pick on. And so uh, there's a little bit of give and take there. So if you're sick and tired of looking at my ugly mug, Look for the thumbnails, thumbnails on the channel with Mary Jo Rodriguez. Uh, she is uh, helping us out. Nice uh, lady there. <clears throat> uh, then the Amazon affiliate plan, uh, that is on olderbrother.com slash donate. Click on that. You guys actually get something in exchange for that. Then what else? I think that's it. That's all I really want to do. I don't want to do any sponsor or anything like that. I'll see. Older brother email. 
Oh, yeah, olderbrother at yahoo.com if you guys get Let me check that. I haven't checked that in a while. Let's take a look at that. Snap. Somebody said snap. Oh, snap? Snap. Just responding to the Thanos snap. I think that yeah. person was snapping. <laughs> when is that other movie coming out, the second one? Because the hell if I'm going to go see Miss Vagina or Miss Marvel. I'm not going to see that <laughs> damn show. I'm sure it's next year. Um, I'm sure it's a, it's supposed to be back to back, dude. What oh, is it? <clears throat> what are they gonna do now that they're done with those movies? Because they've been doing it since uh, I think Iron Man came out in 2008. Oh, you think and they're this... done? That's gonna be all over. Well, I know that. <sighs> well, don't tell me the story. I never, I haven't looked. Well, it no, up, no, no. So. I, I know nothing about it. I just uh, remember what what's his name? Who's the guy who plays? Uh, Captain America. He just yeah, tweeted the out idiot, the idiot leftist that plays yeah. Captain America. Yeah, yeah. The oh, guy, do you know who he dated? Do you know who he yeah. dated? Yeah, who? Yeah. I, I told you this. Who? Amy Schumer. Chris yeah. Evans dated Amy freaking Schumer. Yep. Oh. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, he said that when he's done oh. with Captain America, he's done acting. Period. That's his last role. Oh, it's really? last role. Yeah. I suppose he figures you can't do much. You can't do any better than Captain America. Says the leftist. I mean, it's like, what? How do you? <laughs> well, I'm just, uh, I, I guess my original point was that the assumption that the takeaway from that that I thought was that they weren't going to, I mean, how many more Iron Man films is going to turn into the Rocky series where we're doing Iron Man and then they're going to do the Pepper Potts films or whatever? Or, um, I just I think, think it'll I, keep I, going as long as they've got material and as long as people are still spending money. I think, I mean, you know, we can talk about this going. if we. We can talk about this if we want to, but for example, uh, Star Wars, after they released The Last Social Justice Warrior and that caused the Han Solo movie to tank, uh, they're still not only keeping uh, Kathleen Kennedy on, but they're going to be... I don't know if we already talked about this on a podcast, but... Yeah, yeah, we did. did. Okay, yeah, we won't have to go through that. I just watched the Walking Dead premiere, and I'm real worried that uh, the new showrunner, Angela Kang, is going to totally fuck it up. It was... It was easily the worst premiere uh, out of the whole nine seasons. So usually the first episode is great, and this one was boring as fuck. Mrs. DT turns to me and is like, "I'm bored." So I, yeah, it, what, it's, what's it's a the showrunner? Uh, sort of executive producer, um, head writer. Um, it's it's the person that basically is looking out for the entire show, especially the writing of it, and how things are all going to link together, and how the story is going to develop, and what the characters well, why, what, are going to be. Did change the show writer? Yeah, I mean, shows change writers quite a bit, and Walking Dead's been through three or four um, transitions, and the quality has never really suffered. But this particular writer, one of my least favorite episodes in the past was written by her, and so I just had a bad feeling that when she's taken over, um, <laughs> it's going to be more of that crap, so... We'll see. We'll see. The first time, I mean, it's the first episode, but usually the first episode of a season is meant to really draw you in. And this one was just real. I, I, I read the comics, so I know what the story should be and kind of how the comics did it. And I also, you know, I've written screenplays and things in the past, and I'm just like, this is not how you introduce this season at all. Hmm. I wonder if that's what happened. I don't know if you guys ever watched Sherlock Holmes with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, the show? No. Yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's great! It's great. But then the last three, uh, they 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 did a bunch of uh, episodes, and then there was like a year or two hiatus, and they came back with three more. And those last three 
were just feminist ass. Huh. They were Damn. emotional tampons with Benedict Cumberbatch's accent. That's all it was. <laughs> and I was, you, you thought like, oh, the, is this the next one? No, but it's even worse than the first. And then the third was worse than the second. And that just ended. I'm trying to figure out what has ended on a worse. It ended like happy days. That really did jump the shark in that one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was that bad. Although, now I don't, do you guys ever watch Last Man Standing? I was they, just uh, about to bring that up. I was like, speaking of good news with TV, uh, yeah, I, I've been watching it sort of in, after it all came out, and I just w- was dying, like how funny Tim Allen is. And, and also the stuff he got away with saying on a on a modern TV show compared to, uh, you know, other stuff. But yeah, I heard the to, ratings are great. I'll have to check that out. I keep on hearing good things about it. So that, That'd be a great um, family, because your, your daughters are old enough now, I think they get a lot of the jokes. There's no, there's if anything, a tasteful, maybe adult sexual joke that isn't too crass, but um, that's totally a family show. And it right. is funny. It is funny. Even with the, the two new episodes, they, they lost one of their main actresses. And my favorite one, unfortunately, I, I don't know how many people watch it, but the gal's uh, name is Molly Ephraim. And I thought she was just, she was the best actor in there because of the person she played. And then she's gone. I'm like, oh no, really? You got? But they they delivered it so well on the new episode, and they they uh, recovered um, from going from ABC to Fox. That it it's no doubt, it's no uh, shock that they also got the the best ratings the next week. Well, that's a sign of, and DT can probably weigh in on this too, since he has direct experience. But that's a sign of a good scriptwriter, somebody who knows how to usually when when shows are transitioning in that kind of way they people the audience tends to feel as though the spirit of the show has been lost and that's usually because there's a script problem so for them to have recovered like this from a move and also being several years on a hiatus and to come back just as strong is is a good sign it means that whoever they they brought along with them for this uh new season um they they Either they brought a new person in or they kept the same people. Uh, it's a good sign. What what I love about it is I think that show is off the air for a year, maybe a year and a half. And they have very specific sets, you know, like the house looks a certain way. And then the the office looks a certain way and this and that. And so I know they had, they had to rebuild these sets from scratch. And it looks exactly oh, really? the That's same. Great. That's it's great. like... It, it it was like the I don't know if this is what it would be like in the uh, world of television, but that must be the biggest finger you could give ABC. Like, oh yeah, you think you're special? We got this down to the finishing <laughs> nail to make it look exactly like it was before. And you don't you don't even realize like, that was the other thing. I had to keep reminding myself that's a different set. That is not right. where they were before. This is a completely different set. Right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, all the money it took to destroy the previous one. And they took and they took the time and the effort to build a new one just the same, like they never destroyed it. That is a great f you. You think so, it, fuck it, you think it could tear us down? Fuck you. We're gonna build it right back up again the same way it was. Well, hey, Kathy, what has, has Mike Rowe been on that show as a guest? He has been. Yeah, he's, okay. he's he plays um what's his thing? He plays Tim Allen's brother. That occasionally. Oh stopped. my gosh, I was about to. That's crazy. I like I said, I haven't seen all the episodes, but I was just about to say that. It would be the only way that show could get better is if they had micro as <laughs> brother or cousin or whatever. You know, it, yeah, like the, those two 
two guys go um as, as far as the the culture and lifestyle and and values that those two guys yeah. um, Go really handy. So you you do know that that micro actually has worked those jobs, whereas Tim Allen merely played a guy. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the characters in the show. I mean, I've yeah. got I've got buddies. The guys who who got me into that show really come from that background where they they you know they work hard, they pay their taxes, they have invested wisely, they've made all the right life choices, and they feel like there was no character on TV that was like them that was celebrated. They felt like. The only characters like them was being denigrated, made fun of. Um, he was the butt of all the jokes. He was stupid, lame. And then there comes Tim Allen, who is this unapologetic version of themselves. Um, mm. And he's the one getting all the good jokes in the show. So you really can tell how that makes him popular. Because for a lot of men who, th- that's their only way of expressing themselves, I guess. Well, the other thing that um, you'll notice, although it's not overt, it's just his character is that Tim Allen is the alpha male. Like, he is the patriarch. Father knows best. In the end, like, if he's got to put the foot down, he will. And it's that, you know, he'll let people run, figure things out, and stumble about on their own and make their mistakes. But if it comes to, I mean, he makes a decision, and he says this is, he doesn't even say this is final. It's his wisdom is evident. No, no, we're not going to do this. Yes, we are going to do that. Um, It's just just a darn good show, but it's, it's just nice. It is political, but in a mocking humor way against the left. But it, it, uh, how could I put it? A lot of the episodes, you might, you might get some zingers in against leftists, right? But the, the, the morals or the overall uh, plot of the show is, is one of more wholesome. You could even say Andy Griffith style level of uh, uh, morals and lessons. Yeah, it's Andy Griffith for a modern audience without coming off as too, too cheesy. Not to, we don't have to go down this path because it's a little bit different, but it's related. Is keep in mind, Tim Allen could have spent, I believe, his entire life in prison uh, because of drug stuff back in the 70s or whatever. And he took a plea deal. And I think the judge gave him this just, you know, turn your life around type speech. But it kind of just makes you wonder how many other Tim Allens there might have been. Had had things turn out differently. It just kind of goes to show you how crazy life can be. Like looking at all this great stuff that Tim Allen has done since then, because the, the of that one major life change, and so and how much different things would have been if he hadn't taken that deal, if right. it, it, or if if they hadn't even offered it to begin with. If they just thrown, I mean, think of Tim Allen just spending the rest of his life in prison, coming out twenty years later on parole or whatever, and basically contributing nothing to the, our society. Oh, God. Well, we would have lost. You would have lost, um, <clears throat> not Tool Time. That was the name of the show. Home Improvement. You would have lost right. the, um, uh, what's the Pixar show with the toys? Toy Story. Toy Story yeah. The whole series. Um, he did some kind of, like, what was it? Uh, the, the Star Trek spoof. Yeah, he uh, did Santa Claus and. Yeah. Right. And then he did, um, he did Stand Up and then he did Last Man Standing. But also, I think, with the stuff that he's been doing recently, I think that this is when he's been actually the most influential in terms of, you know, he's one of those guys who's able to say stuff or promote his show. And he, and he basically isn't beholden to anyone anymore. He has enough clout to where he can say, great, you don't, you don't want to have our show. You don't want to host or produce our show. We'll go somewhere else. We don't need you. Right. Well, and what I also like, he probably has enough money 
he saved up enough. He doesn't, right, he right. doesn't need it. And right. He he truly has that uh, position of fuck you. And it's good to see that he still cares. I know he says that his politics is his own business, but he wouldn't be putting this much effort and this well thought out political um, dialogue in there if he didn't care at some level. Um, and plus, I'll tell you this, I'll hire an ex-con any day before I hire some pussy liberal arts i would I, because at least you go to prison right. that that hardens you up a bit or a lot yeah, that's a true. bit a lot that's true <laughs> and and uh, god almighty you give me a guy who's who had to be so destitute to commit a crime and then he gets busted and then he's work that guy's gone through more real world stuff than some pussy limptic uh <laughs> swipple coming out of the suburbs and going getting their whatever their that's their a great point street. So, so we've got a super chat. Um, it's from Darius again. It's two bucks, and he's saying except for Hank Hill. So I think he's he's referring to what I was previously saying about how there wasn't <clears throat> like a, a your your archetype American man who just you know does what he's supposed to do. Um, that was on King of the Hill. I, Bobby, I say, say it again. I said Bobby the boy. <laughs> right. Oh god, I'm not gonna try and do. I have a good act impression of him, but it was who would who would the, okay? Everyone that we uh, that we have here in the older brother podcast genre, who would be Boomhauer? I'm trying to think. Who Boomhauer would, be. <laughs> would it be Doc? Doc? Who would Doc? Doc would be. I but you're talking about a small town in Texas. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. I'm just trying to think. <clears throat> If we had, a, I hate to a, say, it, DT would have to be uh, Hank. <laughs> You'd have to be. You're the most normal and stable of us. Um, who's Dale? No one's anal enough to be Dale. <laughs> we got we got too many cool people to have oh, a Dale. Never mind, it won't work. We don't have. Yeah, we yeah. Have too no, many no, no that, that was a good. Sh- that was a good show. But um, I think the thing is that it it had ended, and so there was a. Uh, vacuum but also i don't know how many people aspire to be hank hill he was sort of that average guy who sold propane tanks at a at a gas station and propane accessories and pro (laughs) and propane accessories (laughs) right and so um whereas tim Dallin's character in in last man standing uh, most guys are like yeah you know this guy's actually pretty cool he's witty He's he's um, clearly the one who's calling the shots on stuff. And so uh, I, I guess that was kind of my point is if they're looking for a guy who's not only like them, but someone who is is clearly by the show saying this is someone that you can admire and you should admire. Hey, DT, do you have uh, speaking of that show? I know you haven't watched it, but one thing I kind of envy about the show, you know, some people fa- uh, fantasize about the women or this. I fantasize about the work group he has. It's a bunch of guys that hang out at a tackle and bait store. Have you got that rapport over at your new job yet? Or is it, uh, is it not that cool <laughs> for now? Which this is on King of the Hill or what are you talking no, about? Not on rapport? King of the Hill on um, uh, last man standing. Okay. He works at basically a Cabela's. Is essentially. Oh, okay. So instead of the, the hardware store, he's at a, He's at a, a sporting goods store now, and right, right, and there's a bunch of guys, and yeah. and and I'm just kind of watching how they all rip on each other. I mean, you got that camaraderie at the place you work, or is it still stuffy? It, well, it's not stuff. I wouldn't say it's stuffy. I wouldn't say that. Um, it's just it's it, it's bureaucratic, you know, and and yeah, it's it's typical bureaucracy type of situation, and 
But I, I will say that I am surprised by what people say sometimes, given kind of the the affirmative action, the the um, you know any, anybody but a white male attitude of a lot of uh, businesses and stuff nowadays, or, or wherever you happen to be working, that's a focus. And and uh, I don't know, I get I get surprised by it sometimes. People are still um, a, at least a little bit outspoken, and hasn't been completely beat out of people to have to walk around eggshells around everybody. So, um, but I mean, it's just, it's work. I mean, it sucks. Like you said, work sucks. There's no, it, you're not going to find a place where you're going to be, you know, just having tons of fun. It's just, that's not going to happen. I was just kind of hoping a place like that existed in the real world and I don't have to watch <laughs> TV to see it. Right. Exactly. I think it's just, you know, I, I think if you've, I've, I've thought that, you know, um, when you got enough money and you don't need to be doing the rat race anymore, why don't you just, you know, coast? Yeah. Coast, go take an easy job. Um, and, and just bullshit around. I mean, if you don't need the money, why, why are you working so hard and ruining your life and having no fun when, I mean, one of the better jobs I had honestly was, uh, was working at a bowling alley. You know, <laughs> I did that for a little while in between, uh, you know, my professional jobs and, you know, you just show up and you just, you know, do your thing and joke around a little bit, try to stay productive. Nobody expects too much of you. And then once they figure out that they can't, you know, push you around then then things might get difficult, but I, I, I don't, thought it would get easier. Like they don't fuck with you. Well, it all depends on if you're see um a lot of these kinds of jobs like that they want somebody that they can push around. They want somebody, oh, you got to show up at 5 a.m. and clean the toilets or you got to do this and and so I was kind of doing my own thing and uh the place came under new management and and he basically sort of forced me out of there by his um what he was trying to get me to do cuz I didn't need to be there. So, um I don't know. I, if you can find that, I think it would be perfect. I think it would be perfect if, if you could find that situation where the the owner or the manager knows that you're really smart, you're really hardworking, um, they're lucky to have you, you're taking this job when you could be making a hell of a lot more money. And so it's just the cost of doing business that you're going to be kind of your own person and call your own shots. And it's better that they have you. I mean, a lot of these places, they, I mean, like you were saying before, you would rather hire a uh, an ex-con than these these flaky soy boys now. These these places have a hard time getting people just showing up for work. And so I think right, that's a right. gold mine for us who have our shit together is that if we can if we can walk away from our stressful job and go into a less stressful job and show up and that's all we need to do, they should be appreciative of it. Well, I remember kind of having a little bit of envy um what, what I, I we all wanted to go to McDonald's and buy McDonald's, but somebody gave McDonald's guff, and I said, "You know what? Fine, I'm gonna go eat at McDonald's more." And so, like for oh yeah, three yeah. three days in a row, I went to McDonald's, and I was kind of looking in the back, and yeah, it sucks working fast food, and yeah, I know you gotta do the fire and you stink at the end of the night. I'm I'm sure the pay is shit, but you know what? They're all happy, <laughs> and they were all giving each other shit, right? And <laughs> And I'm yeah okay. No one, no one was gonna buy their house over on Lake Wyzetta or whatever. But I was just kind of looking like they're happier than anyone. I, you took the average level of happiness those three days that I saw. That was like eighteen times more happy than the average level of happiness I ever saw in banking. 
Yeah. So I was thinking maybe pulling like a Lester Burnham from uh, from uh, what's the movie uh, American Beauty, where he goes and he works in the at the fast food joint. <laughs> well, that really you guys ever it. seen this movie? Uh, no, but I've I've read enough about it to know what you're saying. Where a guy just says screw it, he's lived his life, you know, very conformist, and then he decides to make some radical changes. Yeah, he, he, he quits his high paying job yeah. and he and he goes and he works at a fast food joint. And right. Well, the classic scenes in that movie is he's here. He is. He's like a 45 year old guy. He's in his suit and he's getting interviewed by this 16 year old kid. And the 16 year old kid's <laughs> looking at him like. I don't think you fit in here. (laughs) And he's like, well, you know, that would be age discrimination. You can't do this. He's like, yeah, but I don't know if you have experience. And he's like, (laughs) I have experience. And he points from 1978. He's like, yeah, from 30 years ago. And he's just bad this kid around. He's like, well, I'm sure there have been many advances in fast food technology, but you must have some kind of training program. Next scene, he's got his hat on, he's smiling, and he's flipping burgers. You know, well, it's like it's like uh, well, there's office space where that happens, yeah. where the guy takes the the manual labor job, job, being outside, and and then that's the whole idea behind uh, Atlas Shrugged with all the people that have gone galt, is that you know there would be some guy that's working as a fry cook, and it's and he's some rich guy, some rich successful guy that said fuck it, this society doesn't appreciate me any, anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do and just operate this, you know, be a fry a short order fry cook. And he made the best eggs the person had ever tasted, or whatever. And I is think that's the end of, uh, of Atlas Shrugged. I think it's throughout. It's uh, I, I haven't read the whole book because it's really fucking long. She's really fucking wordy, and she needed an editor. But <laughs> but, but the, it's throughout. There, um, the main characters are always coming across these people that that you could tell that there's something special about them, and that they stand out in kind of this mediocre society. Yeah, that's really they're living in, but they're doing like just ordinary things. I think I think I think somebody was working as a janitor on one of the trains or at the train station or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he was whistling this song and and they were hinting at that. This guy was this famous uh, composer that decided to just freaking, you know, uh, go galt, go dark, go ghost. And and so they were hinting that this that this person had serious talent. Uh, but was just working as a janitor now. Yeah, I think one of the problems is that the reason people are working all these crazy jobs that aren't happy is is why are they there? They're working a lot of these jobs because they pay a lot of money. Why do they want to make a lot of money? So that they can buy all this stuff. Why right. do they want to buy all this stuff? Because that is how you get – I. and I'm interested in your thoughts and anybody who wants to leave a comment. That's how you get people to like you now. When you're trying to get people to like you, you say – I have a 70, 80, 100-inch flat-screen TV mounted on my wall. I've got a plane. I've got a cabin. I've got boats, whatever. It's always about your accessories that you need money to buy. And to get the money, you got to work all these crazy jobs. But you, And the other thing is you can't walk away from the job because you got to buy this stuff or else people might not like you. So – I'm almost wondering because I have a friend who's from an, another country, and he says, "I've like you, the Amer-, and he's not saying this like derogatory. He just says Americans are the biggest workaholics he's ever seen, and he just doesn't yeah. understand why. He's like, you guys can't don't want to take vacations, you don't want to do any of this stuff. And I was trying to think about giving because he was asking me why, why why are we such workaholics? I'm not, you know, 
that's also because I don't need stuff. Um, and I, I was thinking about it. And I thought, well, that's because so many people feel like they need to buy stuff. They need to, they need to accumulate so much stuff in order to, or also social status. Like I was going to say that. I think it's more of that. Say, yeah. yeah. I think it's, I, I, I mean, you? me growing up, um, I was always top of my class in school. I was always the curve breaker. I was always the curve wrecker. I mean, I quote unquote won through all, all of schooling. I was, I was basically the best. I was the smartest. Um, I, I was talented. I could write, I could draw, I could do all these things. Right. And, and when I, when I got to be an adult, I thought, well, this is when it's all going to reap the rewards now, you know, that surely <laughs> Exactly. Surely the society is going to value talents and smarts and skills and being the best and all that. And, and I think what it is, is that people want to win. They want to feel successful. They want to feel like the curve breaker, breaker, curve wrecker. They want to feel like that kid felt who was always getting hundred percent on the tests all throughout school. And I was so jealous of that motherfucker. And I'm just going to work and work and work and work until I achieve success. And, and, it's just never enough. They never reach that point where they feel like enough's enough. And so they never, they don't know what the feeling feels like. So they just keep working and working and working. And before you know it, they're dead where I am. I know what the feeling feels like. I know what the work world is like. And I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm going to enjoy my life. This is not worth it. I peaked. I peaked in high school. I oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my life now. All you other asshole, you know, all the other, pathetic people can just ruin your lives and waste all your time chasing after this brass ring that you're never going to get. Right. But that kind of goes back to, so if people were workaholics and that was it, then that would be one thing. But now we have all this debt, like personal debt. We've got credit card debt. We've got all this stuff. And I, I think Cappy, you've given a couple examples in your books. I think it was enjoy the decline or bachelor pad economics, one of those two, where there was a couple that made a combined personal income of around 200 grand or 400. 300, grand. yeah, 300. I remember And you were talking about yeah. all the stuff that they were spending money on when they could have spent it on all this other stuff, but they had to make that amount of money so that they could buy those things so that they could get status with people around them. Oh, you, I, I don't know. I feel like that that's half the reason people do stuff is so that they can buy their way into a certain social stratum. I will. And, I will American answer the question. Oh, go ahead. I will tell. I will explain it because I'll give you the correct answer. That's what it was in the olden days. Those people are my age, maybe even a little bit older. And DT probably remembers this. Like you had to have Cavarishi jeans or Jordan Air Nike high tops. Guess um, guess jeans. Yeah. Guess jeans. France Varney. Um, I thought that was after going through. I thought that was the fault nature of human beings until all of a sudden the late nineties came around. People started grunging up. And they didn't care. Uh, but it was definitely a materialism back in the day where you had to have this type of brand name, this, you had to have these type of shoes, you had to have this type of car. Now that still continues today, but I'd say with your generation there, TJ, um, the perfect example, and not only how they are materialists, but I'd say they are more status seekers. Uh, have you guys heard of this David Hogue guy over at Google that sent out the Twitter about Republicans burning in hell and all that? Yeah, I, I heard briefly about it, but it's just another in. it's just another Google big wig that that hates Republicans, uh, hates conservatives, 
uh, thinks we're Nazis, but I'm supposed to believe Google is not biased. Anyway, so it's just it's just another one of them. And he made a very, um, I'd say, he certainly has the right to make the tweet, but a, a very, uh, I wouldn't even say inappropriate, just he, his, a hateful, that's the best way, a hateful post against Republicans saying they all deserve to burn in hell, women should be laughing as we're burning, and da 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 And I looked at his LinkedIn profile. He's been at Google, software developer lead, all this other stuff. And what I think uh, people want now more than anything else is exactly what they've been conditioned to have because he was the epitome of what I call the Silicon Valley slave. This guy, I always wondered, like, how could you bust your ass off to be a computer developer or software engineer? Somehow you worked really hard. You make six figures and then you vote for the socialists. You vote for the mm. parasites You for the parasites. Well, I've, I sat and thought it through and it's a brilliant achievement of victory on the part of leftists to brainwash uh, basically TJ, TJ's generation and younger to say this is what you should want and this is what you need. So when it was our day in the 80s and the 90s, it was like you should want these things. In TJ's generation and younger, it's you should strive to have these statuses or, 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 or positions. So right. he is the poster child of a dupe and a slave and a sheep, yet with an IQ probably super higher than mine, where he's living in – Silicon Valley. He's got to commute. He's got to pay overpriced rent. He's got to pay insane taxes. This guy, when you account for everything he's got to shell out to taxpayers, to welfare recipients and other parasites to take all of his money, uh, to ordinances that jack up his rent, uh, the amount of time he enslaves himself to a leftist organization, a semi-quasi-political organization like Google. I know they produce some stuff. But let's not <clears throat> let's not kid ourselves. They have that. He has this. Uh, he probably at one time maybe was born a Christian, but he's replaced that religion with a new one. Although he probably thinks himself so intelligent for being an atheist or agnostic, doesn't realize he replaced it with another religion. Thinks himself terribly independent minded when he is parroting everything he said he was going to do. And he has the coveted six-figure high-paid job at a tech firm in Silicon Valley. And that is what every one of these kids have been channeled and programmed and brainwashed to want and desire when all it is is you're a higher, a hardworking, high-powered battery for everyone else to parasite on. Think about the genius of how they got this guy to not only waste his life and slave away and work real hard in school, but to continue to continue to waste his life, slave away, commute, work well, real hard, send all of his resources and money, practically all of it down the drain for other people. And then he still advocates that system. He's still a true believer. And he still thinks Republicans are evil because we dare demand proof and evidence. I think See, I think. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. You, you go oh, first. I, I, I think that what it is, is. So in American society, we're not unlike Europe and other areas. I, I know that's not the case anymore, but they had the high, the aristocracy. America didn't doesn't really have an aristocracy, so there's no hierarchy that's natural. You're not born into a position. So it's got to be whatever somebody's able to impose. This guy is trying to elevate his status in the hierarchy. And I'm guessing it was uh, depending on it like his demographic or whatever. He has to uh, say this stuff outwardly in order to be elevated up. 
because all of his accomplishments, working a high paying job and whatever, that doesn't get you status anymore. And this, you're like, you're right, Aaron. Um, the, it is a status issue. It's just, you have to, the, the way you move up in society is by being a victim of a certain politically correct, uh, whatever you want to call it, but it's also espousing the right views. Like that's the new form of virtue is, uh, holding the right ideas and espousing them. And the lower you start out on the hierarchy, the more and more, uh, I'd say, harsh your rhetoric has to be to compensate. So yeah, I was going to say, at least this guy that you're describing, Clary, is consistent. I mean, he's he's achieving to support the system that he endorses, right? I mean, he right. supports the welfare state. And so maybe he's going into it with his eyes wide open that he's making all this money, has done all this work so that other people can parasite off of him. The, the people that drive me nuts are people like us who keep on showing up, you know, for 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week at their high stress job, working their asses off and, and paying taxes and being taken advantage of. And, and, and they continue to do it. They don't try to find a way out. Like I guess we have. They don't um, buy a property in South Dakota and <laughs> yeah, thumb yeah, your I nose be, and Mark Dayton. I might be joining you out there. So um, but uh that those are the people that drive me even more crazy are the people that say, um, well, we can't go protest because we're too busy working. And it's like, well, why are you too fucking busy working? You're a chump, you're a sucker. I mean, it's well, and so that that's what I don't I, I do not I I actually respect the the mindset of oh yeah I I support this uh this government this government uh, welfare system that we've got and that's why I show up at work and put in my time I'm doing my part you know versus the people that are completely dead set against it know it's completely wrong and yet they still enable it anyway through their hard work and just wasting their life what um what do you detest more the uh, conservatives quote Republicans, especially the ones that you and I ran into. We went to that that laughable joke of a Republican meeting, who still slave away. <clears throat> they have material, they have debt, uh, but they still slave away. Or the Silicon Valley guy, who I almost guarantee you, even though he's a white male, he probably believes that he benefited unfairly and that he owes some kind of reparations on a, on an individual level. What what churns uh, your stomach more? The, the the guys on our side that keep that keep doing it it's it's just really? it's okay. maddening oh yeah yeah uh, the, the people on their side if that's the life they choose from themselves fine you know that you're you're doing exactly what at least they're consistent at least they're following through now the people who are on welfare that are voting for for those people really disgust me but as as far as productive people um, if, if you're productive and you're perfectly willing to pay these high taxes, then I guess you're consistent, but, but the guys on our side that, that, uh, that keep slaving away when the country hates them, I, I don't get it. Well, they're, they're only Republican or, or conservative or capitalists on a, on a inch level or a stage one thinking level. They don't go think about the ramifications of economics and what guarantee you, you could ask those people. What is money? 
and they'll never inevitably right. make it to the point that it's time. Well, then what the fuck are you doing commuting and X, Y, and Z? They've never made – they obviously haven't made that jump. They would have minimalized like you. They would yeah. have done without. They would have spent time with their family and so forth. They're still your, your basic bitch Republicans is what they can be perfectly described as. They are just 20, 25 years older than they were in middle school where they had to have – the Cavarishi jeans or whatever, except now it's a luxury SUV for wifey poo. They need their McMansion. They need their sleds. They need whatever else. The kids need that. The kids need They're this. They're playing by rules that have completely been replaced with new rules. And I think that that is the, the thing for them. They'll never admit this, but I think that this is what it is. They invested their life according to a set of rules that they were told. Right. And they discovered that those rules – so, Cappy, when you go to these meetings and you tell these people this stuff, what they're hearing is, is that everything we've put our – centered our lives around and, and made life choices about was based on false assumptions. We were defrauded. And so for them to admit that, it's humiliating. For, for yeah. I mean, think about a guy who's, who's, who was just told if you just do the right thing and you work hard and you, you, you show up on time and all that stuff – I know a guy like that. His name's DT. He's an engineer. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just thinking of guys, guys who have, who did all the right thing and they show up on time and they never missed a day of class and they, they, they never missed. That was me. Work. Right. And then they show me. up one day to find out that, you know, they're getting divorce papers served to them and they're losing everything or their country. Like they lose their job because of, of a, political state like just something where they just feel totally betrayed and i think that that's what for a lot of them it is is they just don't want to admit that they've they've been had and that it's not it's not that they did something wrong per se it's that when they've been presented with evidence and they're not willing to change more importantly when they're not willing to let the younger generation make different choices based on the reality because they're like, no, 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 this is the way it was for us. Well, guess what? We don't live in 1960 anymore. We like, I know it's hard for a lot of, a lot of them to accept that, but that is the situation. We, we live in the year 2018. We don't live in the same America. We've got to make different life choices based on how things have changed and you have to let it go, but they won't, yeah. they won't do that. No, yeah, but, they, but I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say that the, you got to let the younger people. They've they've been just as conditioned, and and they they voluntarily go and make the exact same mistakes. I'm kind of maybe I'm too idealistic and hopeful that if you are presented with evidence that you've been had, you would get pissed and then immediately make changes to salvage whatever remaining years you have left on the planet. But I, I guess you're right, uh, TJ. No, I look at how people have empirically behaved, both conservative, liberal, or it, it, it's quite apolitical, it doesn't matter. People don't want to admit they're wrong. They don't want to acknowledge that they wasted their lives, and they're going to condemn themselves to waste their entire lives so they continue living the lie and they don't have to face that mental pain and anguish. Also think about the fact, I mean, and you've mentioned this, Aaron, in your books, which everybody, by the way, should I wrote books? Yeah. <laughs> well, you wrote about, and I can just tell you this from my own, well, my own personal experience. If they do this, most of the people around them will not follow. So they are going to end up just by making the right choices. They're going to limit their their social circles because like me, knows. like <laughs> me. Well, yeah, they're, 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 people. Other people are going to notice. Oh, he's doing things differently. Oh, he did a drop in his job. He's taking a really low job. Why is he doing that? Everybody suddenly gets insecure about themselves. 
They don't want somebody who makes them feel insecure. That, that, that's just the thing. This is a lesson for all the young, young uh, bucks here. If you make people feel insecure, they will not want you to be around. And that is a very hard life truth. So when you find it hard to, to find and make friends, a lot of that may, now maybe your fault. I'm not saying it's not, but a part of it, maybe you are just, you know, getting so far in life and you're making life choices that are smart and you're being, you're like, you're in shape, you're getting good grades. You've got your life together. It makes other people feel insecure. They don't want that kind of person around. Wait a minute. Wait, TJ, you telling me that when I go to a, a house party, and I'm talking to the somewhat still reasonably attractive 40-year-old mom of two and her fat bald husband who can barely make payments on the on the car and the mortgage. And I tell them about my motorcycling, hiking, adventuring adventures and how I'm an I'm a ballroom dancer, salsa dancing, author, YouTuber, blogger, asshole consult. Are you saying that might intimidate them? There is a, a slight possibility. There is a slight possibility, Kathy. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there. The herd, the herd doesn't. The herd does not like the outliers. They do no, not they like the outliers, and that's yeah. I mean, it's right. It's, and that's. Uh, I think that Nietzsche, that's what... Nietzsche talks about it. That you know, if you if the herd likes you, you're sort of doing something wrong because they they do not like people that are are better than the herd because they want to kind of keep things you know herd like. They want to keep it mediocre and. And this idea that the cream rises to the top—it's—it's—it's it's, oh, it's bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I think that the- TJ, let me let me get your um, your vocabulary because you are a, a real journalist and author. Um, <laughs> there is an axiom, a rule, or a principle. How, what's the what's the difference between an axiom versus a rule? Um, an axiom is almost getting to the heart of something. It's like a statement that is self. Uh, if I'm going to use a, a def. Uh, definition straight from the dictionary it's like evident self-evidently true um or something that's already been um depending on how how it's used if it's in like aaron clary is awesome that's an axiom because it's evidently true (laughs) yeah yeah we can we don't agree but i going back to the whole um, well hang on hang on i didn't just ask you for shits and giggles (laughs) what an axiom is oh thanks tj and thus concludes vocabulary with tj you got 100 points sting (laughs) Thanks, TJ. All right, moving daily, on. No. Daily double. I'll, I'll tell you this because what we're doing, and TJ, you're there. You just happen to be 10 years younger than me. And uh, DT, you're certainly there with the house paid off. And this is a warning to everybody listening, both men and women. And, you know, just because just it's nowhere near as brave, but to a certain extent, we are pioneering new lands. It's like Daniel Boone or Chuck Yeager. We're going out into outer space. We haven't really been here before. Not a lot of humans have. Um, and the axiom, we'll just use it, <clears throat> that I've found is that if you start going where the herd aren't um, and you are making the right choice, you are doing the right thing, you know who you end up hanging out with? Us? Wolves. <laughs> Old people. Oh. <laughs> Old wise men. That's who you end up hanging out with. Like when I go do my writing in the morning, I get up and I go right at the coffee store. Well, guess who's there? All right. All the old guys having their morning coffee, and they're talking this and that, and you know how to solve the world's problems, and then, because they're retired, they put they spent their money, and these aren't dumb poor old men; these are rich guys working over at the Shelby Mustang Museum, and they all got Shelbys themselves. Then you go golfing. Well, guess who I'm golfing with 
at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. With the older guys. Right. I'm not golfing with a 32-year-old single It's funny you say that. That is absolutely true because at one point in my life, um, I had amassed a significant percentage of um, older men who were I spent time with socially, and I was kind of wondering, why, why am I hanging out with people who are so much older than me? Um, this was years ago, back when there was a lot more um, World War II generation type people. I just love being around them because they had that that wisdom that you that we we talk about on the podcast almost as like it's brand new. No, it's just stuff that got lost in the the zeitgeist mm-hmm. over the last sixty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they say stuff that you know we say it; it's controversial. They say it; it's it's funny um, <laughs> on on that, but. Um, yeah. Well, what were you going to say then uh, after the axiom <laughs> crisis? Well, I think the thing is, I a lot of people agree with what we say, but and they know it's true. And what kills them is they just don't have the courage to make the change because they know it's what what it will cost them. Mm-hmm. They know it's going to cost them people that they care about. And it, I, I'm not, I'm not unsympathetic. If you know that making changes in your life is going to cause you to lose friendships or a social circle with people that you genuinely care about, um, but they're just not going as where in life where you want to go, it's not easy. I mean, think. And you were mentioning we're being pioneers. It's, it's, it's not that far away from of an analogy because think about it. If people in England or France or Germany wanted to immigrate here to America, they had to leave everybody else behind. They were never going to see them again, likely. And so you weren't saying that you didn't love them, but you're saying, I want a different life and a better life, and I'm going to get it over here. And if I have to lose uh, uh, relationships because of that, then that, I mean, that's kind of what a pioneer in a sense is, is someone who's willing to give up uh, relationships for something that is, is, you know, supposed to be better. Right. Well, and DT, I mean, you gave up the career and look at you, you got to, you have the envy. I mean, if people are, are mature and wise enough about it, you have the envy of every parent. You got to spend time and raise your kids and spend summers with them, have a good old time with them. Right. And and I was just thinking here, listening to you guys talk a little bit and just how how people look at people have a choice when they come across people like us. They can either and just people that have their shit together or are really smart or are really good at what they do. Good musicians, you know, who, who are people of real talent when when kind of ordinary people or people that you know are less talented or, you know, still in debt or whatever. When they when they come across these people, you have two ways to respond. You can either look at them and go, oh, shit, they're making me feel really bad about myself because I'm not as successful as them. So I hate that person. I don't want to hang out with that person anymore. Or you look at them and go, holy shit, I could learn a lot from this person. I should actually listen to what they have to say. And And I think most people are the latter that, or wait, are they, are the former? Sorry. Most people are the former that, that they don't like hanging around with successful people because it makes them look bad or makes them feel right. bad. There's very few people that that look at someone and go, "Holy shit, that that guy's a great musician. I want to learn from them." That that person makes me feel like nothing. So I'm going to learn from that person. I'm I probably will never be as good as that person, but I'm going to seek that person out because I I want to become better. And and most people do not take that opportunity 
and you just see it how people vote. You see it. You see it everywhere. That, that, oh, yeah. that they're more concerned with how they feel about themselves and their own success than they are about actually improving themselves and becoming better. Yeah. One one piece of advice I would give to any young men listening to this podcast is that if you encounter somebody who is a little bit older or your same age and is really good at something that you want to learn how to do and they're friendly enough to where they're willing to let you be around them by all like you should go spend time with them because they're gonna just by being around them you will improve yourself at whatever they're good at you know like for example if there's somebody uh if there's some guy in his 30s and you're in your late teens he's really good at home improvement just go help him on a home improvement project right and it totally won't be gay (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it's not just, cool time. <laughs> I'm just like the 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 mentoring is so key for for learning stuff, and I think it's. A, 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 I remember talking to an older guy at Home Depot when I was working there to pay for college, and he was just lamenting how he had all this knowledge and stuff. Funny, you're saying a guy who who I think he went he downgraded his job, but he was just lamenting how much knowledge he had and how he there was nobody to teach it to because nobody was interested in learning. And I'm wondering how many of those people who could have learned just felt intimidated instead of saying, you know, I'm actually interested in learning this stuff. And then you've got someone who's learned, uh, learned a skill, a valuable skill. And this other person also feels like they, you know, they have a greater meaning and purpose in life because they got to help another person get farther in life. And that's the crazy thing about political opinions and stuff too. just getting back to, are you going to learn from somebody or are you going to condemn them and reject them, right? That's Those a are good, the two choices you've got. That's a good got. parallel you just drew there. That's absolutely right. There's, a, there, there's, that's the two choices that you've got. And when, so, like, when I'm saying my political opinions to people who know me, they know how successful they, I am. They know how smart I am. They know how I did in school. They know how I've done in my career. How they, they know everything about me, right? And yet they won't listen to me on these things that I've taken a lot of time. And a lot of effort to figure out in my own head the truth and how I think about politics and how I think about whatever. And they'll just disregard it. And it's like, why are you listening to these fucking losers over here? When you know, when you know me, you know my heart, you know my mind, you're my family, you're my friend, you're whatever, and you're rejecting me. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why don't you why don't you listen? Lies sell better. Thus operation evil, DT. Right. Right. It's, this is going to be exact. I'll be like the first converted to the dark side, and then I will be the emperor. I'll like, come join us, DT. You're like, never. But it's You're not, not but my friend. Strange, strangers, though, could strangers, when they hear your opinions, could could be uh, suspicious of your motives, right? I right. mean, that's, but, but your friends, your family, people that have known you your whole life, if, if they're, if they're rejecting, if they're rejecting, your opinions on these things. And, and, you know, that that's where, that's where I'm sort of at the point and, and it's getting back to the whole idea of having respect for yourself. Why are you slaving away at your job? Why are you slaving away in your own families and with your own friends, with people that hate you? Right. This whole, this whole Kavanaugh thing has really, it's, it's, I don't think it's at rock bottom. I think it's going to go down into the mantle or even to, into the core, but, but uh, it's not going to get better. So when is it when are people going to realize that yeah it's just not worth it even some of these 
relationships you might have with family. If you're if you're regretting going to Christmas or Easter or to birthday parties or whatever, oh God, I'm gonna have to talk to Uncle whoever who starts shrieking about uh, about me being a Nazi or a Republican or that I hate women <laughs> or whatever. Fuck it, don't go. Don't don't. You're the prize. You're worth it. You know you got your shit figured out. If people are are looking at you and feeling bad about themselves and rejecting you rather than going, holy crap, this guy's got his, his shit together and, and I've known him my whole life. Maybe I should actually listen to what he has to say. Um, you should just write these people off. Right. Uh, that's, okay. that's hugely important advice for two people, two groups of people. One would be young people, but unfortunately they don't have the, uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't say vantage points or that. If, if your, your family is ideological, like they're ideologues and they're pushing you to go to school or college because that's what you're supposed to do. And they don't have the knowledge or the wisdom or the independent thought. That's one instance where you got to walk away from your family, but you don't know that. The second and more practical um, instance where I think this could help a lot of people because they know, they intuitively know is uh, when I get uh, emails, uh, unfortunately a couple too many uh, from young black men whose family just treats them like shit. Uh, and, and you think, you think treat like shit. Oh, what? You forgot the, no, like mom has you working at 14 and then you got to give her your money so she can go do her crack problem. God. Your mom, we, we talked about the ins cause it's more than once where, uh, they threatened to disown the kid because he was going to leave as an adult. One was going to go into engineering. No, it was going to be military, uh, because you get less section eight housing. Um, and that, that's just, that's just where you're a, a veritable slave. But then, if you don't vote Democrat, you're a fucking Uncle Tom, or you're a, a Oreo, or whatever else. Um, it, it, either instance, either or, you need to you need to be able to walk away from your family, especially if they're toxic, and not even if they're toxic. If they're wrong, then you don't. It's not say that you disown them, but you don't listen to their advice anymore. Yeah, like no, I always got a, I always got a kick. I don't like how, how we, what we called it. You guys know the key to my success. You want to know what the key to my success was? Do tell. Monkey see, monkey don't do. <laughs> I saw, I saw my parents uh, not do the most fucked up shit, but they fucked up. They got divorced. They majored in stupid crap, and um, and they had more kids than they could afford. Those three things right there would explain most of the poverty every poor person has. And I learned that it was monkey see, monkey don't do. That doesn't mean I don't love my folks. It's just like the fuck if I'm going to listen to what you guys are. And I didn't. I didn't listen to a damn word my parents said because, you know what? Um, all my buddies at the school have an Atari 2600 game, and I don't have it. Uh, and, and and all my kid, all my buddies over there, uh, they, they got these type of shoes, and I don't have them. I have Velcro shoes from Walmart. I'm getting the shit kicked on me in, in, in grade school because I don't have the right shoes. Uh, the fuck? If I'm going to do what you people say, I think what a lot of people, regardless of race, it doesn't really matter. But you got to look at your family and say, are they successful? Should well, you know, like like you point out there, DT is, is Uncle Uncle Bob, who's calling you a Nazi, is he successful? Is he right. happy? And right. for women, my God, 
You women are listening to feminists. Have you seen how happy and successful they are? <laughs> what the fuck are you listening to them for? I mean, no, don't listen to your happy grandmother that was cher uh, cherishly married to your grandfather of 50 years that had what the uh, fuck that old grandmother. She don't know jack shit. No, you want to listen to the 42-year-old pissed-off gray hair uh, Rachel Maddow glass-wearing boxed wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, box of wine aunt that you want to listen to her because she she made junior partner at a law firm and she traveled to to Durka Durkistan. <laughs> oh, just to throw this out, um, there's two super chats. Cool, let's get to those. Okay, so it's another one from Darius, um, five dollars. He says in some parts of Europe, half the workers are government employees and they get two to three months vacation time. Moochers also get their free time on the dole. Uh, and yeah, that's part of the problem with the eu is that there's the productive sector of the european union which would be like germany and then there's others that don't work at all um not to interrupt but this is a this doesn't happen anymore because it was so embarrassing um it would happen that in italy and france um they, they'd have vacation and they do they'll take <clears throat> a month or two of vacation and at the time, there, there, everything was government owned, particularly the nursing homes and the hospitals. And <laughs> too many people would take off, and then you'd have swaths of old people dying, like <laughs> hundreds of people dying if the weather got too nice down in the south of France. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it was. I mean, hundreds. This is in the '90s, but hundreds would die. It was very sad. Huh. Yeah, and then the the another one was from Yosoy Cheparito. I should. I know Spanish, so I that's should that's answer. probably that's probably Atham because he calls me oh. El Chaparito, <laughs> which means little man. Is it six six six? Say six six six. No, it's just yo so I was like realizing I was like, yeah, I know Spanish. It's saying I am okay. Got it. He says, thank goodness for siestas. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I'm assuming you all do, but whatever. Um, in countries like Spain, they take off. Um, I think it's around noon. Ever all the businesses just shut down. They just take a break so that's, that's uh, why spain is the global dominant superpower that it well, is today so there, there there's got to be a, a balance between that and say right. a country where you know you go and ask for some vacation time and your boss looks at you like you know you want to sacrifice uh your child to the devil or something like that like vacation why would you ever want to do anything like that you know, no, we need you, and we need you on call at all times. If I call you at 12 a.m., I expect to be able to get a hold of you when I send you emails. I want to. I expect to fuck your wife then, sir. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, your daughter, whoever is less fat. Dude, I've heard stories of, especially in the tech industry, like that whole thing. It's getting to the point where I'm just wondering and I'm waiting. Uh, we don't have to talk about this on the, for the rest of the podcast, but just when they're going to start putting residential units on corporate campuses like google amazon microsoft whatever because what is the point of leaving what's the point of going home well that's uh, that's why i said that david ho guy and those those silicon valley slaves they don't they're wrong they, I, they, they the think they're right pods. They're wrong. they got the sleep pods and then what you know it's like it's going to almost be like a company town type thing oh hang, hang on this is perfect let's bring this in you sent me this article i've been wanting to talk let's talk about this and then we'll kind of wrap it up because i know you guys got to get going i gotta go back to writing um, this is from the Daily Mail, which is not terribly trustworthy. It is a uh, a tabloid, and I know uh, some professional radio show hosts always cite this, but uh, 
Do take it with a pinch of salt. <clears throat> Cheerleaders for the office. Chinese tech companies hiring pretty women to motivate male employees by chatting, playing ping pong, and buying them breakfast. <laughs> this is great. Like the, the, the fucking commies are more in tune with reality than the goddamn capitalist, quote, capitalist over at Silicon Valley. Uh, Chinese companies appear to be hiring women to motivate male workers. My God, really? Men have been motivated by youth and beauty and looks of women, you don't say? Uh, photos show women chatting with the programmers and playing ping pong. They have been dubbed programming cheerleaders by the company. It's a, oh, this is brilliant. The role <laughs> is to create a fun work environment for men. HR managers say they help the males who are terrible at socializing. They also say girls have greatly improved their job efficiency and drive. No shit. <laughs> no fucking shit. Really. You think guys busted their asses off, went to war just so we could play video games. Really? It wasn't because of pussy and good looking women and having a supporting wife. Really? Okay. My do you, you remember that? Um, Or maybe it wasn't on this podcast, but um, I have a, a book of the history of the pinup girls in World War II. All right. And they, they, they were wanting to ban them. The I can't remember it was some censorship board or whatever. Oh, yeah, and was, yeah, the lieutenant came back. Yeah, yeah, a lieutenant in the navy wrote back and said, "No, these pinups are absolutely crucial for morale." And he says that he found like they would find soldiers in, dead, uh, clutching yeah, these pictures or whatever, mm -hmm. and just saying how it was important for them and all this other stuff. And, was thinking, and that's what I was thinking about: how much just having an attractive girl. Either we're talking about one that's just on a piece of paper, or whatever, will inspire a man to do something like. And now they're not going to go overseas and fight a war just for that, but how much it does for morale boosting. So clearly, these Chinese companies get it. And you know, I, I don't know though if we're going to see Amazon. <laughs> I don't know if Amazon's going to start drone delivering these girls to. to no, <laughs> no, it's 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 sad in part this explains why the birth rate is so low why men are playing video games or watching porn women have been lied to about what their true point and purpose in the world is i'm not saying you can't be an engineer you can't be a doctor i'm not saying any of that but men were made for women and women were made for men and if you want to start thinking that your life has something else to do with something else that's fine prepare to be miserable and upset and if if, if America, how can I put it? If we pulled this off, GDP would double overnight. If you started making, putting pretty women back and say, hey, are you a guy? Are you working? Well, you know what? If you work hard, you'll get a pretty supportive wife. You'll get a nice girl that loves you and will take care of you. You will have men running to get into traffic jams to go work their job. Now it's you've had to sub, supplement it with things like status. Oh, you have the right political thing. Hell, a lot of these guys say leftist and repeat leftist uh, uh, parroting words just so they think that it might get them in with women. It, it's gone. It's too late. They, they, they have wasted two crops, two generations of women where they have no incentive, no desire to get married, no desire to help out men, no desire to be that pretty or sought after girl. None of them. And so now you have a completely demoralized and disincentivized uh, male population that all they're going to do is, yeah, I'm going to work so I can maybe get a fancy car, da, da, da. But after that, after that, these guys are going to turn into DT and myself where it's like, what? Spend $2 on a used shirt at Goodwill because it's fancy? Are you nuts? I, I can 
get two gallons of milk for that over at Aldi's. You know what the crazy thing is? <laughs> if if a girl is like 18, 19, 20 and an entrepreneur, you know what she's going to do? She's going to go out and start a business where she basically just encourages men, gives them compliments, just says you're a hard worker, whatever, and, you know, charges by the hour. And then she goes to companies and just says, I will help improve workplace efficiency. God almighty, yeah. TJ, that is a, oh my God. Yeah, well, I just, know a bunch of, that is uh, brilliant, TJ. Yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I mean, it's almost dystopian to where you just have a girl who go like her job in the office is just to go around and encourage the men. Right. And she dresses very nice. She's not dressed, right. you know, like trashy or whatever. She's dressed like she's dressed like um, a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah nice dress. Yeah. Nice and dress. Just, nice hair. Nice no dress. And, and like, oh, this is brilliant. It, whoever performs the most efficient or just whatever the metrics are, like she basically makes him meals at, at work. A sandwich. And, like, Make yeah. him a sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And goes and like compliments him and just says how hard of a worker he is and how much she appreciates all that other stuff. That I mean, it, it sounds pathetic, but guys, we take are a look pathetic. around. Take a look around you, Helen. We're in the thresholds of hell. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking up the whole missing women of China. So it makes sense that this works over there because the the sex balance uh, imbalance is so huge. There's just there's not enough women to go around in China. And so, yeah, it would totally make sense because of their one child policies and everything that's happened uh, yeah. over the last few decades that now guys, yeah, they could just get motivated by any female interaction at all because there's just not enough women to go around. So what's missing in America? I mean, we don't have the the sex imbalance like China. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the reason why it's working there. Here it's the quality woman, right? It's the oh, traditional absolutely. quality woman. And so if you I'm, had, if you were a consultant, and just I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna go I'll make a sandwich, a and wear a nice flowered print dress, and have my hair nice, you know, kind of the '50s style or whatever, and well, and uh, you know, give the, the give the guy a back rub or a foot massage or something like that if he does a good job. Well, that's the um, other crazy thing is imagine it. It's like it's a like you're a guy or a man and you 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 make a lot of money. And you don't want to get married. You don't want to, whatever. But I mean, you hire a girl to basically come over and cook your meals and clean or whatever and basically act. And and I like the whole people will say, well, isn't that going to move into prostitution? No, no, no. Her her only thing is to just come over and act like a wife and just be really sweet and kind and cute and whatever. And then you know makes dinner, makes a really good meal. She knows how to cook. She can make homemade pasta or whatever and that's it it's the visiting <laughs> angels <laughs> i'm just saying like we could see that happen well i don't we're not gonna see it happen because i don't think that would be require too much work uh, cappy you talked about how hard it was just to get models for your oh your christ they would be it's shamed. like it's like they yeah, would be shamed. Not, yep. that will happen if there's an economic downturn it the, 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 they well, will get you, you'll you, actually uh, get you don't know how um, accurate you are during the Great Recession. There were several articles written about how women were turning to prostitution. It was yep. depressing uh, uh, prostitution, hourly rates. Um, a lot of women were resorting to that. Now, this is not prostitution, although I guess in a philosophical sense, maybe it is. Um, but uh, th this would never get past HR. Every female <laughs> in the office would bitch and whine and complain and file a Title 10 or Title 9 or 
sums up my massage complaint. I, it would, it would <laughs> just, you'd have to do it so clandestinely. You know what you could do? Oh, no, then the hiring manager who got busted, he'd be busted. If you could actually hire good-looking women, say, look, here's the deal. Uh, just walk in. We're going to give you a, a corner cube or something like that. I don't care if you're playing social media or what. I don't care what you're doing. Just dress nice and look nice, and you will double the productivity huh. of the men there. But you would have to make a lecture use a regular hire. You couldn't have something – uh, uh, designated as a an office cheerleader uh, to cheer on these men, Be unless you had a, a a a division of all men, you know, like working in the warehouse or something. Um, but yeah, it's, it could never happen here in the United States. You want to know why? Like, well, the, obviously they're going to get sued. No, no, because because women don't want men to have fun. That's no. basically <laughs> why in America, women well, don't want American men to have fun. They don't want us to be yeah, happy. But, don't but want us to be joyful. They want us to be miserable. But guys, we have to account for something. Female competition. If a girl knows that she can outcompete all the other girls in an environment, she is not like, – that is that is what will get girls to uh, get a uh, light a fire in their – like just their uh, – Oh, I couldn't disagree with you more. Oh really? I could not you, disagree. Think, you think, I, I think you think sending cutesy Magoo down at the office is going to get those sows in HR to go hit the treadmill? No, 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 no. That's going to motivate her to be there uh -huh. because she gets to flout the fact that she is getting all the attention, right? Like the, she's able to outcompete all these other females for attention, right? It, it, like you got to you got to follow me where. Um, that well, will she would feel it. good, but the herd, the herd does right, not right, like but that, outliers. But that's they the would, point is they turn on her and she'll they'll do that if they're the ones who can outcompete everyone else, all the other girls. They'll do that if they can outcompete them, but they won't do it if they can't. So if you've got a, a, a twenty year old, like she's she's gonna love it. She's gonna love the fact that she just walks in and she gets all this attention for free without having to and do money anything. and money. Yeah, and so of course the other. The others aren't going to like it, but the, you know, th that's not, I, I guess my point is that what will motivate them is when it comes to competition, if they're better than all the others in that. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying you wouldn't get women to do this. You, you, you certainly would. And there's, there's certainly some savvy, young, smart girls out there. They're rare, but there are some, and if they want a quick way to put themselves through engineering school or whatever, they could certainly do this. Um, but what I'm saying is American females and today's modern work fragilities and eggshells are simply never going to allow that. They would and, – and they have right. the perfect excuse. They'll give the excuse that it's sexist. The, the real reason is fat, ugly sows don't like being one up <laughs> by a good-looking gal in the office. That's or And they, don't, they dare don't want to admit that – we achieved greatness in society. Society advances predominantly through the economic production and innovation of men. They don't dare want to admit that. Right. right. So they're not they, – they, they, that is going to be – I'm just saying – no way they're going to go anywhere near that. If there's a 20-year-old girl listening to this, this is a business idea, entrepreneurial idea, and I, I don't know what else to say. 
Like this is if it, it, I'm talking to now we've we're venturing into unicorn fantasy land territory yeah. right now. You're but, talking you're 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 thinking that these girls you think these we're, girls we're are gonna go set up Howard, an LLC. Howard, Howard Hughes, <laughs> Howard Hughes's mind in Gene Turney's body, you know, so where they can go exploit all this, but they don't. And that's kind of what I, I it I'm not amazed by it. It's just I find it fascinating that there the, there's this ability um if if a girl was willing at age 20 to just basically you like just do the bare minimum you know for a service just go around for your job where you will go now i know that there's you know a lot of creepy genuinely creepy guys and psycho guys might might you know spoil the waters or whatever but the whole idea is that they could take advantage of the low quality and just by being normal they can outcompete and also make money off that. They you know do. what I just thought? There is an uh. example. There's an example of this in pop culture from I don't know, the 70s, 80s. WKRP, the show. Jennifer Marlowe, the front desk chick. She was the highest paid person at the radio station. And and everybody wanted her attention. And she would hand out praise to the owner of the station and, you know, get people coffee and stuff like that. And that's what held the whole station together. So it's, it's sort of, if you want an example of it, I guess, uh, watch the old WKRP uh, television show episodes. You guys remember that? No, I don't know if I watched it. That was a little bit before my time. That was before your time. What do you watch them on reruns or something? Oh yeah. yeah, I love the show. I love it. But, but they're always, they're, they're, they're just, they love the tension from her because she is a good person. She's smart. And so when she's complimenting people, it's for real. And yeah, the, the whole joke is that she's the highest paid person. But see, but see that's <laughs> people knew it. This was, this was common sense. You didn't need right. to explain this. And right. let alone, if I try to explain this to women, let me, let's just think about this. Let's say we go grab a bunch of girls in their twenties and their thirties. And I explain to them that men are primarily motivated by beauty, looks, and charm of women. And I'd be called a sexist and ran out of town. Da, 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 da. Just what? How old is that show? 40 years ago? 45 years ago? WKRP? No, it's like early 80s. Okay. All right. So, yeah, 40 years ago almost. 38 years ago. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. 38 years ago, it was a given. Hey, Men are motivated by women. They'll go, they'll slay dragons. They'll climb mountains. Now, oh, we can't use that fact that has generated male productivity and innovation and creation and all of civilization since 2 million years ago. We cannot tap into that resource. It's almost like rejecting nuclear power. What? This unlimited source of, of energy that would solve? Oh, we don't want that. Let's get some windmills. You, you know what I'd point out to people who would argue about that? Explain cheerleaders. Right. Well, this is cheerleaders. Yeah, but my point is, like, if you if you refer to that in the workplace environment, it's considered evil. But then you say, "Oh, so you're saying we should abolish cheerleaders for football teams?" Well, no, 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 no. Oh, so maybe we should abolish the attire that they wear because they're not exactly dressed like nuns from a convert, right? So. This whole idea that that doesn't motivate people. Then what's the, why do we have like predominantly attractive female, young females as cheerleaders? For they incentivize the guys to go right, beat right, up I mean, the other guys. Yeah. My point is, 
yeah. My point or is the USO, <laughs> the USO for the military. When the the USO tour, yeah. the Fredericks of Hollywood chick is uh, the model was the was the chick that was uh, uh, with uh, Al Franken when the whole you know grabbing the booby oh. whole controversy happened. She was on the USO <laughs> tour, and I'm like, this chick looks familiar. Oh yeah, that's the Fredericks of Hollywood chick that I whacked off to in the, <laughs> when I was young. Oh, I re- I recognize her. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like what we we consider it a. It, People would deny it's true, but then you start pointing out where it is still acceptable implicitly, which is cheerleading. Cheerleading yeah. is predominantly female. It's predominantly, uh, and and they're not exactly dressed in. Uh, well, they're they're working on getting rid of that. They got rid of the F one racer girls. Now they have guy guy cheerleaders. Right, right. So they're getting rid of it, but it's a vestige of that. And the problem is, I think, well. Anyways, my, my point is it's still around. And so when people would, would deny that in the workplace, I would say, well, why do we have cheerleaders in sports? As TJ, a- you, you still worry that this is going to be a conversation you have sometime in the future. No, no, I'm not worried about it. I just, I, I just think sports. it's funny. I just think it's funny that if you brought this up, people in the workplace, it's like, oh, I just think we should have a bunch of uh, – <laughs> A bunch of young girls in their twenties, uh, just really inspiring the men. Oh, that's sexist. Oh, really? So why do we do that for football? Well, it's different. Yeah, boomer, boomer. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else in the super chats? Uh, check here. It was a productive day. Oh, that was that was it for the super chats. Yep. Cool. All right. Um, if you guys would like the video, subscribe to Older Brother YouTube channel. What else? Go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com and click on all the links and the banners for books and everything else. New book will be coming out shortly, but it will be anonymous and I will not be able to say I published it. But uh, you might see a book out there that might be of interest and maybe it's the one I write. So go ahead and buy it. Um... DT, where can we find you? Blackbrigade.org and uh, happynihilist.net. I still have not done anything. This working 40 hours a week is just killing me. I don't know how you guys work 50. (laughs) I don't know how you guys work 60. You know, I'll hear 40 hours a week. What's that? Oh, ha, 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 ha. Hardworking sucker. 40 hours a week sucks too. So, but I haven't had time. I'm, I will see it. That might change uh, in the wintertime, I think. And uh, when when it gets too cold to do anything outside, I think I'll have some more time. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, send you my time card the past five days, and then you can, <laughs> you'll shame TJ. What's forty hours a week right. like, DT? <laughs> All right, you can go to tjmartinell.com. That's where you'll find my weekly podcast and also links to my books. I've got a new book that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks called The Redeemers. You can check out the books, the other books on my website tjmartinell.com cool and then uh to shout out to our other co-hosts that uh that are out there we have michael kingswood you can find him at noncommunistsciencefiction.com uh you can also find our a doc the safety doc uh, at safetyphd.com i gotta download his podcast and do his interviews i gotta listen to that um because he put out a couple and then uh ann sturzinger look her up and i think it's ann sturzinger.com doesn't she have her own website I think so yeah, Ann 
And then John Steele, you can find the John Steele Show on YouTube as well. It's spelled S-T-E-E-L-E. And I hope he had some interviews too because he does have some really interesting interviews. So, All right, gentlemen, thanks for being on the show. Um, next week should be back to normal, and I won't be in such a foul mood. I'll be in a slightly less foul mood. And I won't be here next week. So. You won't? All right. Yeah, I got I got a conflict. So no DT next week. Oh, crocodile tears. <laughs> okay. All right, gentlemen, have a good night. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Toodles.